Man, praise God. Praise God for the opportunity that God gives us, not just figuratively, but literally to turn the corner, to turn the page, to start over. This is a powerful, powerful time because this new year kind of signifies this fresh start, if you will, this opportunity to start over again. But the truth of the matter is, every day can be a day when we start over. Every day can be a day. Every week can be a week. Every month we can take the opportunity to, as it were, hit the reset button and begin anew and begin afresh to do things in a way that honors God and edifies ourselves. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we thank you and we bless you for today. Uh, we pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say and the preaching and teaching of your word will be pleasing in your sight. Hide me behind the cross that my person would not get in the way of the proclamation and the receiving of your word. Uh, may somebody hear from you today and hearing from you make a commitment to being more like you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Most of you have probably never heard of Jill Price. Uh, Jill Price is a California woman who has what some would consider a tremendous gift, but others might not see it that way. Uh, Jill Price has the ability to remember. Now, now, this is not a photographic memory kind of memory that some people have that some would say is a gift because, you know, for example, they can study for a test and, and, and they can remember everything that they read and, and they can just write it down. No, this, this is a kind of memory that can be uh, haunting. She has what is called hyperthemistic syndrome. Hyperthemistic syndrome. Uh, this syndrome is characterized by a highly superior autobiographical memory. And what that simply means is this. While she's not able to remember a lot of rote memory things, no more than you or I, she has this uncanny ability to remember days of her life and the specific events, the people, the places, and things that occurred on those days. She's been able to remember everything in her life, every day of her life, since she was 14 years old. Now, my brothers and sisters, I want you to think about that. The, the ability to remember everything that happened. She, she can tell you exactly the day when it happened. It was a Tuesday that she began to remember and never forget, never forgetting what happened to her. Some might say that's a, that's a blessing. And there are other people around the world who have uh, experienced the same thing. Uh, for example, there's a young lady by the name of Rebecca Chirac. Uh, Rebecca Chirac is from Brisbane, Australia. She reportedly can remember every day of her life since she was 12 days old. Not 12 years old, 12 days 
old. There have been studies that have been done of Jill's brain, and, and what has been seen is that there's nothing abnormal in the uh, hippocampus, nothing abnormal in the prefrontal cortex of her brain. Um, but, but what one psychologist says is her brain looks a lot like people who suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD. And it just triggers in this area of remembering. How difficult or easy do you think it would be living with hyperthemesia, this, this ability to remember everything, every detail? Watch this. How difficult do you think it would be living with somebody who remembered every day of their life? Like, how could you win an argument? Right? Because when you say, hey, you know, well, I don't remember saying that. Uh, You've you seen that commercial of, of the insurance company, right? When, when people throw the red flag because they're disagreeing about something and they say, go to the cameras. Can you imagine living with a camera who can go back and say, oh, no, uh-uh, I remember because, see, it was on this day at this time. It was this day of the week. So-and-so was there, so-and-so was there, we was doing A, B, C, and D, and you said this, and I said this, and you said this, and I said this. Now, as challenging as it would be to live with somebody who would never forget, how hard would it be to be somebody who would never forget? My brothers and sisters, I, I suggest to you that a fight with the past is a fight that you can't win. Uh, in other words, when you have past mistakes, when you have past regrets, when you have past lamentations, when you have past pain and you try to fight with the past, you can't defeat the past because the past cannot be changed. All you can do is move from where you are right now to get where God wants you to be, seeing your past not as an anchor holding you, but as a launching pad, pad to get you where God wants you to be. Today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought, how to get past your past. How to get past your past. Um, there are so many of us who, if we're honest today, uh, have trouble uh, invoking the blessing of forgetting, of putting aside what has happened so we can really focus on what we want God to do in our lives. If you have your scriptures, your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. For those of you who may have downloaded the app, and if you haven't, go to the App Store, wherever you get your app, and download the Good Hope app. You can download the outline of today's message. Uh, you can fill it in on your computer. You can fill it in on your tablet, on your phone, and have a copy of it and take notes there as well. Uh, Philippians chapter 3 is one of the great chapters of the Bible. Um, the title of this chapter, if you were going to title this chapter, would be the pressing on of the Christian believer. Paul admonishes us with some powerful principles on how to live this Christian life, not just 
because of some things, but many times in spite of some things. And one of the things that I get out of chapter three is this idea of the power that we have to make decisions for ourselves and our spiritual well-being. Listen to me carefully. Too many times in our lives, we think that the Christian life and Christian growth is by chance and by happenstance. And we don't understand that in a very real sense, what we do, what we choose to do or choose not to do is the key to us becoming all that God wants us to be. Two things I want you to see today in part one of this message, and we'll finish it on next week, if you're going to get past your past. The first thing is, number one, you need to realize you are still a work in progress even after you accepted Jesus as your Savior. You need to realize you are still a work in progress even after you accepted Jesus as your Savior. Verse 12, Philippians chapter 3 says, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. Uh, verse 13, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to us. Uh, this is not anybody that we would consider uh, a carnal Christian. This is not somebody that we would consider a backslidden believer. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul. This is the man who, in terms of both his resume before Christ and his curriculum vitae after Christ, uh, would be considered one of the upper echelon people in the religious community. He was a a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a Pharisee born of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day, a, a, a scholar, a student, and defender of the law. But this is the same apostle Saul who became the apostle Paul who met Jesus on the road to Damascus. This is the same apostle who reportedly spoke 13 languages, seven of them fluently. This is the same Apostle Paul who was used by the Holy Ghost to write over half of the New Testament. This is the same Apostle Paul who ministered to both Jews and Gentiles alike, sharing with them the powerful, life-changing message of Jesus Christ. But Paul says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. Um, that, that word obtained or attained, depending on the translation that you're looking at, uh, literally means to, to have grabbed hold of in totality, right? That, that you have it and it's yours and it cannot be lost. Uh, there's this process that all of us are in as believers and that process should result in us making progress towards the perfecting of our person as the Lord desires. The Bible says that, 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 that the Apostle Paul says, I have not already obtained this and I am not already perfect. I am not complete yet. I'm, I'm still a work in progress. God is still 
working on me. I'm reminded of that song many years ago. Please be patient with me. Uh, Albertina Walker popularized it. Uh, God is not through with me yet, but when he gets through with me, I shall come forth as pure gold. Somebody put it in the chat if you would agree with me that you are in process. You are still being worked on. You are still in the process of becoming what God wants you to be. And all I'm trying to get you to understand is that if Paul was still in process, that it's no shame for you to acknowledge I'm still in process. Uh, don't, don't come out of 2022. Don't come out of a situation, a circumstance. Thank you, Lord. Beating yourself up. Uh, for mistakes that you have made. Learn from those mistakes and make sure you don't make those mistakes again. Learn from the experience and make sure you don't uh, have to go through that experience again. Um, but recognize that you are in process. Paul says, I'm not perfect, but I'm in process and I'm committed to make Progress. I like the message translation of uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Look at what it says. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way. Can somebody today say, I'm on my way? Put that in the chat if you will. Just, just say, I'm on my way. I'm committed to being better as I move into this year. I'm, I'm putting aside bitterness, and I'm embracing betterness. I, I, I've got some work to do on my life. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 says, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. I told you, number one, you need to realize you are still a work in progress even after you accepted Jesus as your Savior. Here's the second thing. Number two, you must choose to let go of anything in your past that will keep you from doing your best in the present. You must choose. Choose to let go of anything in your past that will keep you from doing your best in the present. Watch what Paul says. Verse 13, Philippians chapter 3, the B part says, But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Uh, stop right there. Forgetting what lies behind. I don't have time to deal with that whole verse. I'll pick it up uh, next week if the Lord says the same. But, but I want you to think about the power of Paul's statement. Paul says, uh, this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, it, it's almost like this, the, the one thing that Paul is, is saying has to be done, uh, that there are some prerequisites in order for that one thing to be done, that, that you can't get to the one thing until you get these two things done. Um, the first of those two things is forgetting. Forgetting, forgetting. Paul understood that when Christ saved him, that was just the beginning of his walk with God, not the end. 
And for somebody that's listening right now, I need you to know that when you got saved, that wasn't the end of the journey. It was the beginning of the journey. And even now, as you are walking with Jesus Christ, I need you to know that you are still in the process of becoming what God wants you to be. So here's what Paul recognizes. Paul basically says, in order for me to fulfill my potential in Jesus in the future, I've got to make sure I intentionally do something with the things in my past. He says, I can't embrace the future if I'm holding on to the past. So he says, this is the one thing I do. He says, uh, I start by forgetting, by forgetting. Now, what's interesting is this idea of forgetting, uh, first of all, uh, syntactically is in the middle voice, right? It can also be in the passive voice, but, but in this instance, I believe it's in the middle voice, which simply means this. This is something that you do to yourself, and in this instance, for yourself. Now, the idea of forgetting here is not to erase, but to neglect or not pay attention to, to no longer allow it to be the focus of your life. Don't let it preoccupy you. Don't, don't let those negative thoughts uh, adversely affect you. Don't, don't allow the negativity of your past to keep you from being positive in your present. There it is right there. He says, forgetting those things which are behind. Stop allowing whatever has happened in your past to keep you from what, doing what you need to do in your present. Um, let me put a quarter in the meter and park here for a second. For somebody who's watching right now, listen to me carefully. You have some stuff in your past. Now, now here's what I need you to know. Uh, all of us have some stuff in our past. Uh, some of the stuff is in the recent past. Some of it is in the more distant past. But we all have some stuff in the past. Matter of fact, I was talking to my youngest son about this the other day, and I was telling him, you know, it's amazing now on the other side of 60, when you're young, when you're in your 20s and 30s, for example, and, and you hear people in their 60s and 70s talking about stuff, and you would think that they would get over it. But, but here's what I want you to know. Man, time does not erase a lot of the stuff that we went through and the feelings that we had coming out of those situations. Paul says you have to intentionally choose to not be preoccupied. It's, it's not a, 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 a frontal lobotomy that you are going to perform on yourself physically, but, but you literally have to say, you know what? I am not going to entertain this anymore. I am not going to focus on this anymore because the more I focus on this, the more I am kept from doing what God has called me to do. So basically, Paul says, don't, don't let anything in your past stop you from doing your best and being your best in your present. And that's what the devil wants to do. 
I don't know if you realize that. That's what the devil wants to do. The devil, the enemy, wants to stop you by bringing up some stuff in your past so you will become preoccupied with the past and stop giving all of your focus and energy on the present to help ensure that you have a better future. That's what the enemy will do. So, for example, there's somebody watching right now. Thank you, Lord. There's somebody watching right now, and and you've been wanting to go back to school. And the devil will bring up your past, how you goofed around in school, how you failed in school, how how maybe some teachers told you you weren't that smart. You're not not able to do this. You're, You're not college material, even though you've always had that dream, always had that passion. Now, here you are in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, somebody that's listening, you're in your 60s right now, and you still have that dream, but every time it comes up, it's almost like you talk yourself out of doing what God has put in your heart to do, and it's because you continue to recall and hold on to the past. Somebody did something to you that was so damaging to you, you are damaged in your present because of something that was done in the past, and Paul says you got to learn how to forget those things which lie behind you. The fact that they're behind you means that they're not in your present. He says, so you got to learn how to let those things go. Forgetting is, is like the key to unlocking the prison that your past has kept you in. He says, you got to learn how to forget. Now, let me just share this with you real quick, and then I'm going to let you go. Three things that you need to learn how to forget. Three things. First of all, A, don't allow what you haven't done in the past to keep you from doing what God wants you to do right now. Don't allow what you haven't done. Um, there, There are sins of commission, things that we do, sins of omissions, things that we don't do, And sometimes the things that we left undone weren't necessarily sin. Some of them were things that we didn't do because we didn't know better. And if we knew better, we would have done better. Maybe opportunities you would have taken advantage of. But you cannot allow what you haven't done in your past to cause you to lament and get sorrowful, sometimes opening the door to depression and distractions in your present. Man, I wish I had, if I could do it all over again, I would. Okay, but you can't go back and redo it. Paul says you got to forget that. You got to leave that behind you. Watch this. B, don't allow the bad you've done in the past to keep you from doing what God wants you to do right now. Don't allow the bad that you've done. See, you you might lament what you could have done that you didn't do, but watch this. All of us have some stuff in our past that we did that, oh, my God, if we could do it over again, thoughts, words, deeds, actions, attitudes, associates, all of us can go back in our lives and say, man, I've done some stuff. Lord Jesus, have mercy. Paul says, forget what's behind. Just make sure that what's behind you is no longer with you. 
In other words, if that's what I used to do, make sure that's what you used to do. If that's who you used to be, make sure that's who you used to be, right? Make sure that your past is in your past and forget those things that are behind you. Don't hold on to those things and don't allow those things to come into your life and you're carrying it around like baggage. But watch, see, this one might surprise you. See, don't allow the good you've done in the past to keep you from doing what God wants you to do right now. What you haven't done, the bad you did do, but don't allow the good that you've done to hinder you from doing what God wants you to do right now. It's called resting on your laurels. It's called looking back, talking about the good old days. See, I remember when I did, and I remember when it used to be, and watch this, when you allow what you have done to justify you not doing what you should do. Paul says you got to forget what's behind you. You got to forget what's behind you. Don't, don't hold on to that, thinking that, oh, that's my badge of honor, right? How many times have you run into somebody, and, and typically it'll happen at something like, uh, like a reunion, for example, uh, family reunion, real big at high school reunions. High school reunions. Right. You go back and man, if you had a championship or you had uh, success in high school, like, man, folk want to talk about all of the stuff that happened way back then. And you remember this and you remember this and you remember this. But guess what? Hey, but so many times you want to go back and talk about what used to be. If you're serious about living your life now. See, you don't want to talk to somebody 50 and have a conversation with them like they're 15. Because time has moved on. And the question is, what are we doing in our lives now? What are we doing about life now? So Paul says, don't let anything, don't let anyone from your past hinder you in your present and rob you from the opportunity to have God's best for you in the future. 2 Corinthians 3, 5, let's close here. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we bless you for this day. We pray now, God, that everything that has been said has been pleasing in your sight for our good, our growth, and ultimately for your glory. We pray now, God, that your word has found fertile ground in our hearts and minds. That we would be more than hearers, that we would be doers, not only for us to be comforted by your word and convicted by your word, but help us to change our conduct because of your word. We thank you, Lord, and we ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're watching right now, wherever you are, um, I want to speak to you about your spiritual well-being. Uh, I'm grateful to God. You know, in the midst of changing over into the new year, there are many people 
who have New Year's resolutions. And one of the resolutions that seems to be more and more on people's lists is moving up closer and closer to the top, kind of right behind losing weight and maybe stop smoking and maybe, you know, make some more money, right? Uh, is your spiritual well-being, your spiritual well-being. And somebody today, you've made a commitment this year to get closer to God, uh, to renew your fellowship in the body of Christ. Some of you who are watching right now, you may say, you know what? Um, I'm going to give my life to God this year. Uh, God has been good to me and has brought me into 2023. Here's what I want you to do. If you want to make a commitment to Jesus Christ today, you want to be saved, I want you to click on the button that says, I want to be a Christian. I want to be saved. And I'll show you privately and lead you through praying the prayer of salvation to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. Uh, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Uh, not perfect, but in process, hopefully making progress spiritually to one day be presented faultless before his throne with exceeding great joy. If you're looking for a church home, man, I would love for you to join us. Now, I've got to tell you, these next three months are going to be uh, the most important three months in the life of our church uh, in years. And I'm saying that because I've been here for 28 years, so I can't speak about any other pastor in 150 years, but here's what I am saying to you. Um, God is really uh, birthing something in our ministry that I believe is going to help change lives locally, nationally, and internationally. Um, our pilot groups are kicking off, and once we finish our pilot groups, um, right after Easter, we're going to kick off church-wide. And when I say church-wide, we're also looking at what we can do via the World Wide Web. And I want you to be excited about that. Um, so if you want to become part of our church, here's our commitment to you. Our commitment is not to entertain you, but to impact you, to help you walk in victory. Um, it's one thing to feel good, but it's another thing to be good and to be equipped and have the tools to walk in victory, to build fellowship and relationships with not just God vertically, but with other believers who are committed horizontally. And I wanna help you to do that. So if you'd like to become part of our church family, man, we still have people who are joining virtually every week online as well as in person, and we would love for you to do that. Now, if you wanna worship the Lord in giving, uh, there are six ways that you can worship the Lord in giving in support of the ministry here at the Good Hope Church and through the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, whether it's our diversionary program. Uh, man, I'm so grateful. One of our young men who's in the diversionary program just got accepted to the Citadel. The Citadel is a military academy in South Carolina. And uh, man, we're super excited about the second chance that God is giving him to help him turn his life around. And we saw hundreds of young people come to our scholarship fair. Um, they were blessed in such a powerful way. Over $2 million was distributed at the scholarship fair. Um, our food pantry, uh, again, over a million pounds of food distributed. Uh, over 2,000 families served. And we're looking for God to help us take that to the next level. All of your giving helps us to do that here 
at the Good Hope Church, and we bless around the world. Um, we want to give a special shout out to the Sloans who are in Uganda, and God is using the Sloans in a powerful way. They are our second full-time missionaries that we've commissioned uh, from our church. We have planted four churches out of our church because we're committed to the kingdom. We're committed to the kingdom work. And I've said this before. You've heard me say it. Let me remind you. It's not about building a big church. It's about uh, making an impact in a great way on people's lives. Uh, last but not least, we're going to be starting a new series this month, the month of January, uh, entitled Blessing Others by Living the One Another's. Blessing Others by Living the One Another's. Uh, some 60 plus times in the Bible, uh, we see the phrase one another, whether it's praying for one another, encouraging one another, exhorting one another, loving one another, uh, having mercy on one another. And one of the things that we learned in the Bible is that you cannot love God whom you have never seen and not show the evidence or fruit of that love in loving your brothers and sisters that you see every day. And so we're going to start that series this month in a couple of weeks. And I want you to be prayerful about examining how you can bless others, how you can add value to people's lives. Because in, in a real sense, we do one of two things with everybody we come in contact with. We either add value to them or we take value away from them. And I want to encourage you to add value into people's lives. Don't forget, God is doing something wonderful in you, and God is doing something wonderful in me. If you have any questions about what's going on, download the app. Go to your app store wherever you get your apps and download the Good Hope app, and you can follow us every day, get reminders of what's going on, go back and find old sermons and, and, and old notes and be able to build your library that way, um, or just go online to goodhope.org and follow us there. God is doing something amazing in you. God is doing something amazing in me. So let's help God do something amazing in both of us in 2023. God bless.